Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast for the week of January 20th. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me, as always, Filterboard. What up? Heyo! So, we have been having uh, a pretty good time in the pre-show, just being yeah. fully ridiculous. So I think guys, over time, our, uh, our pre-show is getting a lot funnier. It's just because we fun. give less of a shit about like prep, because we've just been doing it so long. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, all reflex. If you guys listen to this uh, podcast, you should pop over to our Facebook and uh, check that out. The Facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Um, even if you go back, we have a whole folder set up showing uh, um, all the ones that we've recorded on Facebook specifically. Right. Um, and typically, like, if you catch the tweet that we're about to go live, that is when we start doing some pre-show stuff. So that yeah. way you can, if you want to jump on early, then you can catch it. If not, it's usually like, we tend to try to start at like a solid minute number like you know this time was eleven thirty. sometimes mm-hmm. it's like eleven forty-five or whatever but we usually try to start at you know semi-obvious time after you see the tweet go out yeah yeah um but cool uh so we've covered uh the opening uh we did the pre-show mm-hmm. uh we talked about the facebook um so what have you been playing yeah, so um, I've been kind of continuing what we've been talking about, and it, according to the games coming up, it seems like I'll be doing this for a while, and just kind of, you know, hitting the backlog, um, yeah. hitting stuff that I bought and haven't really gotten into, or, you know, played one, you know, you know little, you know, seating session, um, like a couple hours, and then just didn't yeah. come back to it, so it's time to go back and, you know, hit it up again. Yeah, clear so, some of that. Um, obviously, I've been playing the uh, Total War DLC, but first I want to talk about a much smaller game. Um, I think this took me about three and a half to maybe four hours to beat. It's called Eliza. It is a um, sort of like a visual novel um, you know, style of game with a little bit of control uh, between you know, your dialogue choices. And then you also have like a phone that has... Like, in the game, you have a phone icon that you can click that has different, uh, you know, just different things you can do. Like, there's, like, a meditation app that you can look at. Um, there's a solitaire game. So, this is a Zachtronics game, mm-hmm. which all of those have, like, a special form of, um, you know, this, this different type of solitaire in it, basically. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are super into it. I didn't really like it because I don't like regular solitaire because I don't, like, I don't like having to plan far ahead like it's something that i want to do mindlessly it's not something that i want to do and have to think about right but uh the main part of the game is basically um dude my sound waves on that butt was completely destroyed on my audacity file over here sorry folks so um from the pre-show no when i just said that when i yelled butt. oh okay okay so um Basically, uh, Eliza is a story about this uh, AI platform that was created to help with, like, really low basic level, like, therapy, like, counseling. Uh And um, the whole story is... Sorry about the length of this video. It's the longest one I could find. No, I'm sorry. Um, It's basically, like, uh, you play as a character who was one of the programmers of Eliza, and... Something happened, basically. I mean, it's not like a spoiler, but I just don't want to get into it because it's, you know, the, the story kind of really heavily leans on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, something happens, and you and the rest of the original development team are all, like, off the project. Like, right as Eliza's about to take off. And then 
uh, like th- two or three years, I think it's three years later, you kind of come back to check out the company that you used to, you know, obviously you were like one of the founding people of this project and um, you're just kind of analyzing how Eliza works. And it's basically like uh, due to some laws um, to use this platform, there has to be like a human proxy. Uh, so you take on a job as one of the proxies, which basically you sit in a chair, you know, the person that's getting the counseling sits across from you. You put on like a sort of like a VR headset. Uh, it's like a, it's like a pair of glasses that have a heads up display mm-hmm. and um, the Eliza AI platform kind of communicates through you and it analyzes people's speech and what they're talking about. And it's picking out, you know, certain important words that they're saying and whatnot. And it's like, oh, okay, I think that uh, it seems like you're really depressed about XYZ. I think you should do this little exercise that's on your, you know, Eliza wellness app on your phone. And then I would also recommend that you talk to your doctor about this certain antidepressant or whatever. So, like, it's, like, really basic stuff, stuff that you don't need a doctor for. It's not meant to be used for super complex issues or anything. It's just for, like, general people, you know, day-to-day, people that are not really into therapy. They just need, like, an outlet. They just basically need somebody to talk about or talk to, right? So, um, but it kind of, like, you get a choice where you kind of choose um, what kind of path you want to go down in the future. Um, It's it's kind of... um, like, it's not a super depressing game or anything, but it's kind of got some, you know, different interesting emotional beats. Because, like, your character is very clearly depressed. Um, you know, a lot of the people you the talk to... The guy in like, the chair with the glasses. Uh, the, the one guy that you talk to that is, like, leaning down and, like, looks very disheveled and shit. Like, he's, like... He has this whole breakdown where he's, like, look, I just want... I just need somebody to talk to. Like, I don't want to talk to a computer... I just want you, the person sitting in the room, you just say anything. Please just say something to me. And you have to follow what the prompts on Eliza says. So it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. And the guy's like, okay, I'm going to leave. And he's like, uh, sort of implies that he's going to kill himself. (laughs) So it's like, um, there's like some really cool stuff. Um, It's really, (laughs) it's going to kill himself. Yeah, I'm like, cool. Pretty good stuff. Damn, some pretty good shit. (laughs) I'm like, how did you do it? I, uh, taking notes for a friend. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's really interesting. Um, and uh, you know, just kind of asking about AI and like what is ethical and like certain people are like, you know, I really need to go to a real therapist, but I can't afford it. And Eliza's like, thank you for choosing Eliza. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like okay, this is bad. Well, uh, Eliza like, has to cost something. Uh, yeah, it's cheap. Okay, I mean, so, it's like yeah, using oh, an app. It's like a, you know, it's like a, for a session is like 10 bucks or something. Whereas okay. going to a therapist with no insurance is going to be like, you know, 200. six, 700 or a thousand or whatever. So, yeah. um, it is definitely super interesting. It, it plays into like people that are into AI and like privacy concerns and stuff. I think this would be a really good one to check out. It's like 15 bucks on steam or something. So, okay. Um, and it looks like it came out for the switch as well. I imagine. Yeah, it is also on the switch. The majority of players are on PC. Obviously it's like 95% of people that play it are on PC, but it is on switch. So that could be a nice way to kind of breeze through it. It just kind of, I don't know. It's something that you want to focus on. And that's why I bought it on PC, mm-hmm. but it could be something that you just kind of do while on the bus or, you know, traveling from point a to point b this could be a good thing to do in that regard everyone's like man why is he so fucking 
Yeah, why is this dude so sad? And I'm just over here straight up, like, crying tears of happiness of figuring out how to tie a rope around my neck. So, (laughs) moving on to a reason to exist. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with this, obviously. Uh, The first Total War Three Kingdoms DLC... uh, Well, the first chronologically. So, this is the second major DLC to come out, but it actually takes place earlier than the main game. So this is the Mandate of Heaven DLC. It's going over the um, the start of uh, basically the Yellow Turban Rebellion and going into sort of how the Empire got fractured before the main game takes place. Hmm. Um, and then they've kind of restructured uh, with, I mean, with uh, uh, like free patches and there's a free DLC as well uh, that came out as part of this. Um, they've kind of restructured the base game a little bit. So they're really trying to gear up to just do something new. Um, That's cool. And, and like, we can see the timeline down here. You got 182, 190, and uh, 2... Is it 201? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we got we got this nice timeline with a ton of blank space on it. So it's pretty clear they're going to be adding more. Right. right? So... Um, pretty exciting that we're just getting a good idea of like where they're going in the future here. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, did that by going into the past. So you have the original, um, the rise of the three Zhang brothers, um, you know, starting the Yellow Turban Rebellion in the north. And then ultimately when the, when the rebellion begins, like Yellow Turban units just appear all over the map, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done a couple playthroughs as different characters here. So... Um, there's one of the royal family, uh, basically the emperor's brother, uh, has the, the territory directly next to the emperor. Um, he is really powerful, really good character to use. Um, he has a nice, strong central location. He's protected by mountains and rivers. Uh, he's beloved by pretty much everybody. Um, so I've played as him and I got into a, a little bit into a regular game and I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. Like, I don't need to finish this because I'm not super, I, like, I'm trying to see the new stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I hopped off of him and I went and played as the, like, easiest of the three um, Zhang brothers. And uh, it's cool because they have, like, um, it's meant to be, like, the DLC is meant to be a shorter intro. So basically, um... Like, you have a, a total game victory if you just take enough territory. Because um, I guess it kind of implies that that will lead to, like, a mass uprising once you take, you know, 50... I think it's 50 total uh, locales. Mm-hmm. So if you take 50 locations and one of them is the old Imperial Capital City, it's an automatic win. So it's a lot easier as compared to... You know, when you're playing the main game, you typically have to essentially take over the entire map. So, um, it's, it's a little bit shorter. It's a little bit easier to get into and it introduces a lot of context. So like you can see why the empire collapsed, uh, because of course my third playthrough, which is the one that we're looking at in the video here, um, I actually played as the emperor and like the, you know, the head of the empire, which is like. You're losing a. Sh- you're just absolutely bleeding money throughout the game because, as the emperor, you're having to help pay for everyone's, like all of their you know, 
state-based costs. So you're like helping pay for, you know, city projects, helping pay for militaries because all of their militaries support you directly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, it's a totally new system that wasn't present in the game before because previously you were basically setting up kingdoms. So it was a lot more standard, like, you know, um, medieval style of, you know, feudalism where it's like, okay, you are my servant. You pay me, you know, 20% of your income from like 20% of your tax income goes directly to me. And then I will defend you in wars. Like that's the whole deal, right? Like you get access to the nice shit that I have going on and you pay me for it. So like the emperor, like imperial rule is a lot different where the money starts to go the opposite direction, right? Like they pay you 80% of their taxes, but then you then pay back 90%. So it's like this weird structure of like, get them. Uh, it's this weird structure of you end up actually paying them more than they give you. But the goal there is that somebody just won't need the income. Like one of your other imperial subjects is not doing anything, so they don't need any money. So right. then the income you're getting from them is able to be redistributed to people that need it. Yeah. And then they raise and maintain their own armed forces. So like you don't have to raise armies to protect them because they get the funding from you. So it's really interesting play style. You have a lot bigger, like you have to pay and maintain this court of like a shit ton of people, like representatives from every other group, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was super fascinating. Um, And uh, basically your whole goal is just to crush the rebellion and keep yourself, you know, in the, in positive amounts of income. And you can basically win by attrition as long as the enemy doesn't take too many lands. Um, so then, of course, the other thing that you have to look out for is that one of your subjects might betray you, which is what literally happened with uh, Dong Zhuo when he... Well, it's unknown really how the emperor died, but the emperor died and was very clearly murdered. Yeah, and, there's a general consensus uh, on this is what happened. Yeah, like somebody killed this guy and then Dong Zhuo stepped in and like took over, uh, like took the sun... And was like, okay, I'm the protectorate of the, the empire now. And everybody hated that. <laughs> so, um, it is really interesting. They, they added stuff like siege towers, which are really cool. Um, they added things like deployables in combat. So, you can set out, like, uh, oil fields that when the enemy moves toward them, you can hit them with flaming arrows. Oh. Which, like, lights the oil field up. Yeah. Uh, you can do things like, uh, you can put, like, cavalry spikes. So, like, you know, the big wooden kind of looks like the uh tank busters that they used in like world war ii yeah kind of like dragon teeth but wooden right so like these little you know wooden barricades that basically would stop horsemen from trying to get your archers or whatever yeah so progressing right so it's it's very interesting um and obviously playing as the empire is like insanely difficult i think it's supposed to be the hardest uh position to play the game from in the in the game because like in real life, it was insanely fucking difficult, and that's why they failed. Um, so, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, definitely going to be playing a lot more. It's funny, too, to start in the earlier starting time, because people have, like, different territory. Because, you know, like, the the Empire hasn't collapsed yet, so, like, these, these zones of control haven't altered, I guess, the way that they did in the normal point when the game starts. 
So like certain people, so, um, you know, one of the, the characters I really like to play as, um, Lou Bay, which I've talked about like 30 times, um, Lou Bay will tend to die in the rebellion portion of the game because he's just not like, he just doesn't have the right, I don't know, the right like structure, the right layout. He just doesn't have a good advantageous starting position. So like, it's super difficult for him. Like in, in real life, again, he is somebody that was super lucky and was a genius and had a lot of support of common people and shit. So like, he had very low odds of success. And typically when you play a game from this new starting point, he will die, which is really fascinating because he was one of the original like three kingdoms leaders. Right. And they're like just straight up like, yo, typically if without some divine intervention, this dude tends to die. Right. Right. So it is really interesting to see that kind of perspective. And it just totally changes how the rest of the game plays out because not only are there whole new groups of people, right. But there's also right. like people are in totally different territory, um, and you can you know different like politics. Right you can, you can play throughout like the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. So super interesting. Um, cool. Definitely going to be continuing to play that a lot. Nice. So, so what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the. Well, uh, I've been do, doing a couple other things here and there, but nothing really major. Yeah, same for me. Um, I've been like I really focus on playing one game. Um, yeah. Of course, continuing to play uh, the Apex Legends Grand Soiree event. Um, nice. They just introduced, I think since last time, uh, like last time I mentioned, the event had, um, they've been doing a rotation of things every two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, the first one that we played I don't remember the first one that we played. The sec the second one was um it was I think it's called Live Die Live. So when okay. one of your teammates dies, they come back when the ring reaches it's like here's where the ring's gonna shrink to, and then the outside ring shrinks to that ring. When it mm-hmm. hits that ring, everyone if one person on your team's still alive, the other two drop back in. Okay. So it makes it kind of like an interesting event. It happens for everyone. Yeah, it's like a rush to survive. Like at a certain point, it's you're you're more incentivized to hide and live than to hunt down your enemies. Right. Yeah, um, that's cool. And yesterday and today, the newer event was third person mode. Okay. Typically a first person game. Yeah. Um, things are a bit weird. You can tell that their camera had shift just a little bit for first person. Uh, because in third person, you have to aim just to the left of what you want to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it, it makes it a little more difficult. Um, the bullet isn't off, though, which is interesting. Okay. It's just when you're trying to pick things up. It's interesting. Um, oh, the first mode was... Um, it was like a golden gun mode. They have guns that have they're completely kitted and outfitted with all of their best optimal attachments. Yeah. And that's what that mode was constant um golden guns nothing else that's cool um, so those are the modes we've played so far some of the other ones um that we're looking forward to most definitely is the first map at night um so that'll be pretty cool um, okay but does anybody have, have like um does anybody have like an ability that gives them like heat vision 
Kind of, yeah. That's um, going to be huge. <laughs> yep. It's uh, There's cool. two characters that can kind of do that. Yeah. Um, so they'll have a little bit of an advantage, but they're really supporty. So... Um, okay, so it, it kind it'd of be advantageous to have someone like that on your team to the team, yeah, but not like you're not like a cold blooded like predator hunter or something. Well, the, the one is. it could be, I guess he yeah. is. Uh, um, I mean, that's his thing. He's, I think that's his whole shtick. He's the hunter. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, this has been really fun, especially on um, you know, especially on PC, getting to play with um, you know a different group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and yeah, I'm, I'm that person. I'm over here playing with an Xbox controller. Um, Legend. But I think I'm going to switch to PC, or mouse and keyboard. Um, it's kind of tough, just because of the way, like, you have to have a specific, um, you have to find that specific, um, uh, what, what do I want to say? Uh, like, you know, like, set of key bindings, like, set up for, okay. your, yeah, yeah, yeah. for your set. Um Without it, it does not work. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it's more of a thing of trial and error that I don't... I kind of am just like, I really don't want to. Um, but I think I'm going to do that maybe this next uh, this next week and see how that goes. Kind of do mm-hmm. the do that and don't look back. Um, yeah. But been playing that, nothing too much. I mean, of course... Getting some wins and doing some cool, like like I sniped a guy out of midair, just straight headshot him out of midair. Nice. So that was pretty sick. Um, and you know we we had some good ones. <clears throat> um, aside from that, uh, continuing to play some of the stuff on Apple Arcade. Um, I didn't have as much time to play. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Outlanders, uh, mm. which is kind of that like management yeah, yeah. one. Um, Last week I worked over the weekend and it was um, incredibly slow. So during the downtime, I would just mess with that. Um, but this week I've been continuing to play Skate City. I've unlocked a lot more stuff. There's looks like three locations altogether, mm-hmm. uh, and I just unlocked the last one, uh, Barcelona. So um, I'm excited. Barcelona. I'm excited to jump into that. Um, nice. And aside from that, finally I had it. I think three days early. Uh, but Dragon Ball Kakarot, I didn't play yeah. it until the day after release. Okay. Um, Trying not to get your account banned, I see. No, I just waited till Friday. I was doing other stuff, and I was really into what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but right out of the gate, just looking at Dragon Ball Kakarot, I've got through... Um, th- I've got through, and if you know that it, this is not any different than the regular Dragon Ball Z story, mm-hmm. um, they, they add some filler bullshit in there, but most yeah. of it is straightforward. And um, I got through um, the Raditz fight, and okay, um, right now I'm playing as Piccolo, who's training uh, Gohan, where Goku uh, got blasted to shit. With hmm. a special beam cannon, so he's uh, he's heaven training right now, um, and and Grim brought it up too. Uh, I laughed at it, and then while I was playing Apex, he was playing Dragon Ball, and I was I started streaming a little bit again, uh, mainly just Apex because it's simple. Mm-hmm. And um, Grim was in my chat, and he and he thought it was really funny too. But he's like uh, Piccolo just 
fucking threw Gohan on the ground, told him to wake up. When he wakes up, he's like, your dad's dead. Good luck surviving out here for six months, asshole. And then Jesus. he fucking flew off. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. Um, That's how but, I found out my parents were dead, so. Yeah. Uh, it's tough out here. Yeah. For uh, here. young Saiyan. Um, Just but, saying. <laughs> but the thing that... I don't know. Sometimes they're games the dragon ball games they have this level of and i think it's anime games in general have this level of like cheesiness to it yeah um i was talking about it a little bit before the show with you it it doesn't have the it's not grounded it's not i'm not saying it's not well done because it's done fairly well right um but it's not like it could be maybe a little better in Mm -hmm. some of the regards, but everything that it's doing is pretty good. Um, Some of my favorite things about this revolve around the relationships that the people have, how Goku is, you know, how how his relationship is with Piccolo or his son or shit, even like Krillin. Um, They have straight up Krillin. They have like a whole tree of it's these people versus these people this is how this small side character is related to your enemy and Mm -hmm. how your enemy is related to you and therefore why he's trying to kill you um it's really good and then they have a community board section where it not only does that but you can relate how your how people are connected and gain bonuses to fighting for doing oh that's cool that's really cool yeah so um like, one of them is, of course, having Gohan and Goku in the same, you know, connected. Right. Um, and like, for doing that, you get the father-son duo. Right. Um, what are some of the other ones that are good? Uh, you can have the basically the overlording gatekeeper of Heaven and Hell, the guy who decides. Mm-hmm. Having him connected to um, kind of like the shepherd that brings the souls to him. Okay. And it, I think that one's the Heavenly Duo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I really, really enjoy that. Um, the lore is really, really good. It continues to progress as you go through. Um, it starts you off pretty much immediately in the... Um, you know, where you're fighting Vegeta. You know, the, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, other Saiyans are showing up and... Uh, yeah, stop the Saiyan invasion. I think is what that one's called. Um, but yeah, it's good. There's a lot of stuff to do outside of like just going story piece to story piece. There's side story pieces. There's a lot of collectibles that will allow you to grow your character. Um, okay. And uh, you know enough stuff to explore. Like you can go out and fish. You can go out and fishing is fucking creepy. I don't remember it during the show. But it's creepy. Uh, it's creepy because Goku no longer has a tail, but Bulma made him a tail because when he was a kid, he used to fish using his tail. Okay. So, so he he's has a cat girl. This thing, and he turns around and jams it up his own asshole. Right? Hell yeah! And then Wait he dangles his asshole right in the water, and somehow catches a fish with. It. I might be playing this. <laughs> so. And then he We're taught his son that, which is probably not, great, probably not great parenting. No, absolutely not. 
And they're Saiyans, and their pants are still on when they jam that thing up there, so... Oh, we got some clothes in the uh, ass, too. Oh, that'll no, give you a toxic shock no, syndrome. I think it ripped right through them. Okay, I think that doable. constantly behind them, that there is a hole. A hole, yeah. Yeah, and that's why you never see them poop. Is that why you can you can kind of hear, like, whistling when they move by really fast? Yeah, it's deep lore. Not a lot of yeah. people know about this lore. Um, Damn, really but yeah, like that. You know, the fighting, the fighting's okay. It's pretty expected, you know. <clears throat> nothing crazy. Um, yeah, nothing crazy. It feels kind of like the past DBZ games, um, mm. which, not, not bad. You know, uh, you can uh, uh, shoot at them from a range. You can get in close. Um, after uh, the first time Piccolo did the special beam cannon, boom, I unlocked it. Now I can do the special beam cannon. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. I understand why people are digging it. Um, I'm not massive, like a massive fan of Dragon Ball. Like, I'm not like a diehard Dragon Ball fan or anything. Right. Um, but I am a fan. I, I like it. And... Um, yeah, I think I'm. I'm, I'm going to continue to. I'm going to continue to play it um, for a few reasons. Um, you know, because it is fun, and I, you know, I haven't found it dull at any point yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I also want to talk. I wanted to talk about it a bit for the show, just because this is probably one of the first bigger things that came out this year that people were really excited for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. Um, you know, filling that, and then as well, uh, there's not a lot going else going on right now. We don't have a lot of other games right now. Um, yeah, and even more so, a lot of those really good games uh, may or may not have been pushed. Um, so we'll get to that here in the news. Uh, yeah, but that's it for me. You know, that's it for me. Um, well, I'll continue to be talking about this over on Facebook and stuff, and as well. You know, don't forget, uh, if you're listening to this podcast live, you can head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Uh, if you're listening to it live, or if you're actually listening to the podcast on, you know, the podcast services, you can come over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. and join in with our conversation. As well, um, you can watch the show live here on Sundays, usually between uh, 11 and 12 Eastern Standard Time is when we go live. We appreciate you guys coming over. All the likes, comments, and shares, keeping up with all of the news that's going on and getting a good look at things that we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, going forward. Um, as well, aside from Facebook, you can head uh, over to, uh, to uh, Twitter. You can uh, follow us at uh, Mammoth Games Inc. Um, get a different look at some other stuff that might not be talked about over on Facebook. Um and uh, as well, get alerts on when we go live to do stuff like this. Uh, but why don't we go ahead and um, jump on into uh, the games that are releasing? Yeah, so we do actually have kind of a you know big batch of stuff coming out. Uh, these are all releasing on uh, Thursday the 23rd. Yep. Cool. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, the main... Uh, well, I guess it seems like the major, what we would normally see is like a final mix right. for the uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, the DLC Remind. So, um, this they've kind of showed off a little bit of this, I think, was it at the uh, the Game Awards? <clears throat> yeah. Um, they had like a bigger trailer that showed off some more stuff. So, 
Um, from what I gather, you know, it's extended story content that takes place during the game. It's not like after. Yeah. Right? Um, you get the chance to play as some other characters, which seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things we just kind of have to see what happens. But I don't know if I'm ever going to get to this. I don't, I don't know if I will. Either. Because it's like... So I am actually somebody that is really big into DLC. Sure. But this is a year later. Literally a, almost a year to the day. Like, um, It came out the January 30th of last year. 29th of last year is when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, right? Right. So like, it's almost a year later. It happens in the middle of the game. So you would have to start a new playthrough to get to the point of where this occurs. That's not happening. Sure. I so, agree. and it's just a game that's not very replayable in general. There's, you're not like making choices. It's a very linear game. Since we're looking at this, I do want to talk about this game in general. Mm-hmm. This game was insanely popular. This was Kingdom Hearts like one and two. Oh yeah, were some of the best video games that were available. Yeah, they were huge. Why does this feel so bad? Does that have to do with? not being in you know with the their audience growing up i think it's that and i think it's the fact that it took 47 years to make a sequel sure yeah that that definitely does it. like they just weren't able to i mean imagine if today um we had pokemon like ruby and sapphire coming out Uh because that was the third of the pokemon series right 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 so like i understand it's different it's a lot different um quality bars that they're trying to hit uh, but again, this is somebody that is notoriously, you know, Tetsuya Nomura, somebody who's notoriously behind the times, somebody who's notoriously late on projects, right? Because he's like such a perfectionist Sure. that he's like, okay, I can do this version of this game perfectly. So that's what we're going to do. This is a PS2 game. There's nothing in Kingdom Hearts 3 that is any, that that is su- sufficiently taxing to require the new consoles, right? Okay. And this this could have come out five years or two well, years after Kingdom Hearts okay. two. Well, this could have come out on PS three, for sure. Right, right. Um, I could have seen this. Come there was out no reason to skip a generation. Like I'm looking at it, and in my mind, I'm going, "This looks great. Yeah, the characters look great. I really like what's happening." But then I'm like, "It's not photorealistic." PS3 I mean, PS three quality. Yeah, a thing, and then. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should have worked. Really, the you know, only thing a, is a bad, a bad Kingdom Hearts three on PS three, and then yeah. Kingdom Hearts four on PS four. It's uh the only thing that needs the bigger console stuff, I guess, is number of units on screen because they yeah. do have those like swarming. Um, yeah, the um, creatures or whatever. Yeah, the the heartless, heartless tsunamis. Yeah. But like, we could just decrease their number by half, and it would not affect how they handle in gameplay, right? Right. So it's like, I don't know, it just, it wasn't able to keep up. It feels archaic at this point, because it, it is. It does, yeah. Even the way the characters run bother yeah. me. If nothing else, like, why would you not just have it run off of Final Fantasy, what was it, 15? Yeah. Even, well, even 15... That felt it, dated to me. I didn't like 15. Dated. 15 was a lot more popular than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I really didn't like 15. I hate it. So it's story. like... I thought the story was not Well, good. I mean, it, effectively, there was no story, as far as I was concerned. Like, I wanted it to be good. Like, and yeah. that, this is my fear for their 
other large upcoming Final Fantasy. Yeah, this is my general fear of Square Enix. This is like, well, this is specifically my fear for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. We're looking at seven through rose-colored glasses because we played it fucking 20 years ago. I mean, and some of you are. <laughs> we're going to... Yeah, I mean, even if you get it for the first yeah. time, I have a feeling you're going to be like, okay, this is dated. Oh, yeah. I mean, I played seven for the first time on PS3. Like, I got the the old you know the, PS1 like, version yeah. that you could play on PS3. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, wow, don't get it. Like, the beginning of the game is cool with the environment and the story and everything. And then as soon as you get outside of uh, Midgar. Midgar and, like, the Shinra tower, as soon as you, like, crack the plate and move on and go to the new, like, outside world, the game sucks. Like, not to say that, I, I like, um, it wasn't for me or whatever. It's, like, straight up it was bad enough that I did not want to continue playing. Yeah. Like, Midgar was dope. I love. I, I loved didn't that, get the rest that of section. it. Yeah, like I, I don't know. It just it, becomes such a weird because Midgar is so real and grounded, and it's like a gritty, like cyberpunk. Like yeah. we're struggling against this corporation that ruins people's lives for profit and shit. Yeah, like and then it turns that, into yeah. like a magical adventure around a fantasy world or whatever. And I just didn't like that as much. Yeah, I mean. So I mean, I'm definitely going to try it out in the new one. I mean. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it is a Final Fantasy game, and right? We kind of understood that. Going, right. I mean, it was a little different. Well, at the time, I'm sure it was know. different when it was relatively new. Yeah, it, it, I think when it was relatively new, the part that felt weird was the cyber future Midgar section. Yeah. But now that we're older and we're looking at that, it's like, of stuff, oh, that was like, like that was kind of part. That was original and and cool. <laughs> right. Right. Whereas at the um, time, it's like, wow, this is weird. I don't get it. So, long story short, guys, uh, we have Kingdom Hearts 3 Reminded DLC coming to PS4. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think, like, Kingdom Hearts, uh, the reason that we derail so much is that, like, I think Square Enix has kind of lost its crowd because it hasn't been able to keep up. And this is true of a lot of, I think, Japanese developers. Although that some of them proved that they got it just last year, right? We're talking about Monster Hunter. Uh, mm -hmm. The year before, I guess, was uh, Breath of the Wild. So From's always doing incredible things. From obviously knows what they're doing. It's because they just do something different. So even like what From does is archaic, but there's no longer any competition. So like, um. Well, I think their best thing that they did was say we're not going to do another Dark Souls. Here's well, something they, different. They went with like pure refinement rather than like Dark Souls. Really, I don't think, according to my knowledge, I don't think Dark Souls really had anything that was like insanely new. That it did. It just got really good at doing the thing that it did. Right. That's what it Which did. was, like, extreme precision. Yep. So... Knowing where to be. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's that type of thing that's, like... Uh, clearly, you could have made Dark Souls on the PS2. And, in fact, basically every game at the time was Dark Souls because they were all fucking difficult to play because the controls sucked. <laughs> so, it's, like... You know, it's, it's, like... It's just, like, the difficulty has gone away because we've gotten so much better at doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So, that's the point, is that it's difficult, right? Right. So, it's still doable, but you have to work with this weird structure that we've built, right? So, speaking so, of yeah, weird, spe old, difficult games. Speaking of, um, I actually really enjoy this game. Um, it's interesting that it's coming out. I don't know at what level. I didn't really look into it. But Oddworld Strangers Wrath HD is coming to the Switch from Oddworld Inhabitants. Yeah, it's just um, a graphical update. Is it just a graphical update? Yeah, I'm sure they tighten the controls a little bit just to make it playable, but 
Yeah, um, uh, this game is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much everything about it. And they were moving forward, actually, I believe after this, to make With a sequel. Um, a sequel. Well, I don't or, know if you know, something else of a similar type, yeah. Yeah, they were. I thought they were working on a uh, cats versus dogs multiplayer game, mm-hmm. is what I had heard. Um, yeah. Which looked really cool, uh, but yeah, this game's this game's fun. You have a it, you know has a bunch of interesting weapons, um, all uh, aligned around this crossbow. You just load it up with different types of ammo, which include like um, like spiders, bees, and uh, whatever those critters are from the show Critters in the eighties. Um, you can launch them. They're like little like it's like round little fur ball with teeth, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's if you've never played this before, again, it might feel um, a little dated, but they did update some of the stuff. They, they, they talk about it here in this trailer that we're watching for the show on all yeah. the things that they kind of updated. Let me find that spot. I'll pause it. Um, gyroscoping, 60 frames a second, turbocharge, load times, and then it just said much more. Um, much more? So it might feel a little dated, but it is a fun world to see and be in um yeah and if sales on this can get us a you know get us some of those games that uh, you know they were thinking about i know they are working on something new now in the odd world universe mm. um but yeah I, I think supporting these uh supporting that is um pretty important pretty smart yeah and it's uh i mean it's definitely like odd world inhabitants like all the stuff they make is just so like unique and weird and it's different yeah it's different than anything else that you'll see every character is going to be different than what you'll see in you know some place else even like the main character from um stranger's wrath the stranger Mm -hmm. he has such a weird look like is he a camel looking dog i I don't know yeah i'm not (laughs) sure exactly what he is but he's an alien just all their creatures are super weird and i like them yeah It, it it's it's pretty this cool. is the best Star Wars bounty hunter game ever made. Yeah, because we're never going to get one ever made. <laughs> well, there was a bounty hunter on PS2. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. My buddy was super into it, and it was bad. Yeah. Um, so, moving right along, uh, one that we don't have much stake in or know anything about. Uh, coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC from Big Ben Interactive, we have Rugby 20. Um, have you okay. ever had any interest in playing rugby? <coughs> You think those bird I don't legs, know what rugby is. Do you think those bird legs could get some rugby going? I could probably jump over people. Get into a... Like like these thick little squat like rugby dudes that are... Their whole body is designed to just slam into another guy. But if they like, hit those legs, it's game over for you. If they hit me, I'm dead. But if I'm able to like jump <laughs> off of their shoulders, I could probably do a front flip. I don't know. What are the rules? I know you can't punch. Uh, you can't punch, but you can fully body slam somebody and break their spinal column. Now I'm not sure with the lateral. I haven't. We haven't looked up. An, I don't know enough about. I should have done a, a quick rugby research. I know you can throw the ball to people, but yeah, it you, isn't like it's a all hands. It's all hand based, and then you <laughs> you drop it to feet to score points. So I know. So, the- ball stays in the middle and these guys kind of huddle around it and they kind of like put their arms around well they yeah they, they, they do the huddle they like shove each other around to try to get one of their guys to the ball so they're doing like a reverse tug of war sort of okay 
And then one guy gets it, and then he runs and, like, kicks it really hard. And, and they have to the have thing. their hands up, so someone else has to grab the ball. So the first people can't grab the ball. It has to right. One of the dudes in the back, back. Like, the... So, um, American football is really heavily based on rugby. Right, right. Yeah, you can see it, like, yeah. even down to the ball shape. Right. My ball shape. Uh, both of my ball shapes. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously not something I'm interested in, but it's cool. I like that people can get these, like, good simulational... Games. I think it's good for gaming that these exist, right? Right, right. I mean, people. There are people out there who are huge rugby fans. Yeah, and they're. I mean, typically, work. it's kind of like uh, lacrosse. Like, if you're into rugby, you're really fucking into rugby. Okay, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm really into lacrosse. I love. If you're lacrosse. if you're interested in lacrosse, you're like a massive lacrosse head, and you wear uh, uh, Lacoste shirts with the alligator logo. See, I, right? I I don't take it that far, but I do when like the idea fan. of running around with a stick. Mm-hmm. And oh, and just whipping the shit out of people? Hockey checking someone on the field. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's fun. It's like air hockey, basically, right? It is, but with more yeah. bloody noses. More? Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. You thought that it, we couldn't get any more than air hockey because of some of the stuff that's happened in the past, but it can. Yeah. And with that, we're going to go ahead and segue into our next game. Perfect. Uh, this actually was this was one that in live action I turned my opinion around on. <laughs> really? Okay. okay. <laughs> so uh, when you first start looking at it, it's like, okay, this looks fine. This looks like a relatively good PS3 or 360 game, right? Sure. Uh, so oh, sorry, I forgot to say we're talking about Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which is coming out first on PC and then later to PS4 and other consoles, which you'll understand once you have the revelation that I did while watching the trailer. Let's that, uh, you know, you're looking at it, it's like, oh, okay, this looks fine or whatever. And then some of the animations and shit are like, all right, this is bad. <laughs> okay, those animations are bad. And yeah, uh, the then you realize bad. it's because it's VR. The opening's not bad. It shows like a bus and it shows, you know, the, the environment looks fine. That You see a town completely destroyed. Walking Dead stuff that you'd imagine showing all these environments. They even show like a graveyard. Um, and then you see some of the walkers. And they look a little rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the animations when, like, you grab things. Like, when it goes from being an item in the environment to being an item that has been grabbed by you, some of those are rough. Like, it sort of teleports in your hand a little bit. Okay. See, I don't know. Some of this doesn't look terrible. Um, uh, the can of baked beans. can of baked beans look great. Pretty powerful. I really liked how the character, uh, there was a character that was walking slowly behind a zombie. Mm-hmm. And had grab the right head. hand, right hand going for like the shoulder and head. Yeah, and grabs it, knife in. That was cool. He also lopped the head off of one of them, yep. and he was holding it, and it was still moving. This very much feels like um, if you could play the uh, Telltale Walking Dead in VR. Yep, and it I mean it's got that stuff. look. It's got the uh, comic-y look, sort yeah. of. Yep, it has the heavy outline. Um, it looks like it's going to have some heavy decisions to be made. Yeah. See, I don't know. When it gets to VR, I'm a little more uh, lenient. Yes, absolutely. So, in the beginning, I was like, okay, this looks good. Saw some of the animations. I was like, ooh, that's pretty rough. Yeah. And then I saw some of the stuff that you were doing. I'm like, okay. It depends. It really depends on gameplay. On yep. if this game here would even work. Um, I'm interested in it. Do we see the character actually moving around? No. Well, like walking, yes. 
Okay, you do see the character walking. Because I saw him, like, he looks down at the book. He looks at the canopy. Oh, yes, you do see him walking. Yeah. So Specifically you are moving. The, yeah, the thing I, that made me think of that was sneaking up behind the zombie. But is it is it on rails is the question. Uh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, because I know movement is really difficult in VR games. It, really difficult, yeah. It does maybe look like it's on rails because it seems like... It seems like the character is moving very smoothly, and all the other animations are kind of rough. Because, of course, in VR, you're like you don't notice, but in real life, your head moves like a lot, a lot to do little corrections, and your brain just kind of smooths that shit out because it's right. like eh, it's not useful information, you know. But one so of the like things that it just showed was the character looking at a book, just stopping. So yeah, so I wonder if you like the rails. Yeah, if you can interact with... Or maybe those happen at distinct times. Like, it's like, hey, you're about to go do something. Check your pack. And then you, like, kind of pause for a moment to take stock of what you're doing. Yeah, that that could be. Um, Looks cool, though. Yeah, I can't get heads or tails on this one, to be honest. Um, Yeah. It looks fun if you're, you know, if you're out here and you have... um, What was it all coming out on? Let me see again. Um, PSVR... Oculus yeah. Quest is uh, coming. I think it's uh, uh, it's coming out first on like the PC based ones, and then it's coming out with uh, like on PSVR and shit. Well, later. It, says, it says PSVR quarter one twenty twenty on this trailer. Quest quarter three twenty twenty. Yeah. So it's coming out first on the Valve Index, uh, HTC Vive, and uh, the console Oculus, or the I should say the PC Oculus. Um. That's when it's releasing, and obviously here at the uh, toward the end of January. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean that's uh, an interesting title if you are looking for something. Um, it's yeah, at least something to look at. I, I mean, I'm not it, sure the price point on it, but yeah, it looks very similar to like Arizona Sunshine if you've seen that VR game. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just their version of it, basically. It seems like. Definitely. So yeah, that's oh. all the games coming out. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Remind DLC, Oddworld Strangers Wrath on Switch, Rugby 20 on basically all the big consoles and uh, PC, and Walking Dead Saints and Sinners on PC. All cool. on the 23rd. And if there's anything that we missed, let us know uh, over on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. Um, just drop us a line. Hey, uh, this was a big game. I think that you guys would have been into it and it was kind of an oversight. Let us know. We're more than happy yep. to let you know. Or, you know, For sure. uh, check that out. Um as far as uh, like freebies and stuff like that that are floating around right now, um, we didn't have too much of anything. I do know right now you can get Horus for free on um, the Epic Game Store. That's the game mm-hmm. that they're giving out for free right now. Horus, um, is that a uh, Warhammer game? No, uh, it is a... Uh, oh, I, see. I quote the best platform uh, platformer of 2019. It's a huge platforming adventure, uh, which pushes the boundaries of the genre with profound story of a small robot learning life, the universe, uh, life, the universe, and Douglas Adams. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, that's that means. exciting. Doug um, Adams is the writer of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, so it's like literally just learn. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a freebie. So, um, I'm trying to see who gave it some pretty high scores. Yeah. Nobody to... <laughs> that would be like us going, hey, that's a 9.5. Uh, sure. I'll give it <laughs> we'll, a 9.5. We'll, we'll do that for you, yeah. We'll definitely do that for you. Um, but you can go grab that one right now. 
and then, of course, next week we'll have something else, most likely from them. Right, and it does appear that Epic is going to continue to do a free game basically every week for 2020. God damn. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, so um, I don't care if you have a PC or not. Fucking start downloading this stuff. Yeah, just like get That's it awesome. on the on the browser or something. Just get it added to your account. Like, yeah, you I don't can do know that. how you, anybody could even attempt to compete with this shit. Like, it's amazing. No. Yeah. Um. So with that, we'll go ahead and slink on into the news. Slinky slink. Um, where do you want to start here? Do you want to start right at the top? Where Hell yeah! So we're gonna you give you all the bad news right out the gate. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it's all bad news, by the way. It's all bad news from here, folks. Um. So. As you know, you might have heard, we've hit the season of delays. We're getting close. We're, you know, getting to be a couple months out from some of these massive fucking releases. Right. Um, and with that, these devs are going, we're not going to make that. Um, so yeah. uh, that's what we're going to point out. You know, kind of shine a light on some of that. We got some stuff um, from all over the industry, really. Uh, that has been delayed. Uh, maybe we should start with the ones that uh, that were delayed before we got in. That makes uh, sense. So Ubisoft so. did a big round of delays. Yeah. So Ubisoft pretty much delayed everything they were working on. Yeah. Uh, um, they did Watch Dongs Legion. They did uh, Gods and Monsters, Gods whatever and that Monsters. is. Yeah. They didn't have a date. They just said that's also being pushed back from this date that we don't have yet. Yeah, I think I think um, they had like a quarterly date. Yeah, it was like quarter three or quarter four or something. So it's coming out after the console is released, probably. Um, they pushed back... Uh, what else did they push back? Didn't they have like a racing game or something that they pushed? Mm. I don't remember. Ubisoft games. I cannot remember the other one. Uh, obviously, the big, big one here was Watch Dogs Legion. Um, Correct. A lot of people excited for that. Even people who are not big were big Watch Dogs fans previously. Um, and I think it all comes down to being able to create a, a dead set group of uh, assassin grannies and pig masks. Yeah. Oh, so the other uh, stuff that got pushed back, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Aha, uh-huh, yes. That, actually, and, that's a big one. Yeah. And uh, The Settlers, which is based on, obviously, Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Um, Rainbow Six Quarantine is kind of a Left 4 Dead style game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ubisoft is working on some solid stuff, and I'm inclined to go, yes, please finish it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very similar. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is something we have to think about with all games that get delayed. I want the best version of the game. Yeah. So it's, you know, it can be sad. It can be disappointing. I mean, there's one in here particularly that disappoints me a lot. Yeah. But, um, you know, but this, with this that, is how they swing. With that you are more likely to get the best version of the game. Exactly. With this, I don't want to say small delay. It feels like some of these games are delayed for like a whole Some year. of them are pretty significant, yeah. but Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like you might as well wait a year. We were looking at, one of them was like 100 days out, and now it's over 200 days out. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a, a, you might as well round that up to a year. You know, you're going to be waiting a long time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's what we had at the beginning um, before we jumped into this. So getting into the season, into the seasonal swing of things, yeah, we heard that there was a round of games from Crystal Dynamics. 
Well, well Square Phoenix. Square Enix specifically. One was yeah. a Crystal Dynamics that had been delayed. Right. Um, and, and actually, isn't this one uh, the top one? Isn't that also? I'm not sure. Or, I can't remember who's making that. Um, but the, one of the first ones that we did hear about um, was, of course, uh, the Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics. Right. Um, whether you were excited about it or you were mad about it uh, or whatever, I don't know. People are very, in, they're very one side or the uh, other side. Yeah, that's a real hitter or misser. It seems like I'm. I'm interested. Um, you know, I'll check it out. Yeah, we've been through the ride with these characters a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We've went through tons of different universes, and this is just another universe. It doesn't matter what the characters look like. The thing right. that you need to concern yourself with is: is the story going to be good? And the story looks interesting. Yeah. And is gameplay going to be good? And that's where I question. Um, it I all agree. comes down to that gameplay. The characters, I've, I've, I think they look great. Yeah. Different. I've definitely heard from uh, different reviewers that the the game is really weird. Like, they, uh-huh. it was not what they were expecting, and they weren't sure if they liked it or not. Which is actually and, about as good as you can hope for. And I, mean, I, I like that. I like, yeah, like, I, that I like when, people doing something different. Yeah. It's like, make me question, hey, is that the right way that should go? And then I'll make that decision. Um... The gameplay that we have seen does look pretty cool. It's mainly the Avengers. Thor doing a big like ground slam and lightning shooting everywhere. And yep. throwing Hulk lightning. does a smash. Yeah, flipping vehicles and running. Iron Man doing like repulsor blasts and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's everything you can ask for. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> um, in, in, in a new... You know, like, with a new story. They even show, like, Taskmaster. Right. We have an idea of who one of the enemies are. Yep. Not saying he is the main enemy, but... He's in um, it. Yeah, he's in it. And yeah. he's a cool enemy. He learns by watching. Right. So if you hit him one way once, you'll never be able to hit him that way again. Yeah, he was a cool he villain in, um, in um, the Spider-Man game, right? Uh, was he in the Sp- He was in one of the Spider-Man I- games. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he was like he had a different name, but it was like the same type of guy. Yeah, I think he played your like uh, coach at school or something like that, like the gym teacher okay. at school. And That's then, cool. Or maybe that was a show. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, We've well, seen Taskmaster a few times. Yeah. Um, so that one was a big one. That one has been delayed until September. Uh, what was September? Do we have an exact date? Uh, probably. Um, let me see if I can find it. September 4th. Okay. So, uh, giving it, what, five months? Is that Labor Day? I don't know. Um, so we also got from, uh, Square Penix, uh, the, we hinted at it, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, um, is going to be delayed till April, I believe it's April 10th, something like that. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Um, April 10th. Originally slated for March 3rd. Right. Um, what the fuck did they possibly need more time to do? You know, that they can do in a month. <laughs> yeah, it has to come down to marketing or something. So, I mean, it's probably that they found a big bug. Or it like they, they They had to have found some kind of something that is... I don't want to say easy, but, you know, relatively... Uh, the, the path to fix it is all there. Yeah. Because, like, they're only asking for 
26 days or whatever. So like, it's clearly not that they're adding an extra DLC mission or something. Like they don't have time to be making new like art assets and shit. So like, right, right. It's, yeah, so it's, it's probably just some kind of weird bug that they, yeah. they already know how to fix it. But it's like, okay, we, we want to give, since we found this one big issue, we want to just give another pass on everything to make sure there's nothing else. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to see it's, it's only a month, so that's not terrible. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, and the game looks cool. The people who played it said it's really good. Um, yeah, everybody but, that's played it liked it. Right, right. So that that's an you know that's a pretty important distinction. It looks so yeah. fucking crisp. It looks amazing. It's like when we played this game for the very first time. This game in combat looks better than the DLC or the uh, cut the CG stuff yeah. that they were doing. And that cut fully stuff back then was mind revolutionary. Yeah, yep. um, I just wish that this story had taken place in Midgard forever. I I don't know. We talked about that before. It, it was such a cool place. It was uh, cyberpunk and steampunk all at the same time. Yeah, it, it had it, the people were like, "This is a rebellion. Let's rise up." And right. then you, your way of rising up is, "I'm getting out of here." Like, well, not only that, but I will, like, absolutely destroy everything you love on the way out. <laughs> and then leave, yeah. And then leave. Fine. So, um, it seems really interesting. I'm going to be excited to play it. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess the other... I uh, kind of forgot about this one. Uh, the Iron Man VR game has also been delayed until May. So, I, yeah, we don't remember who's making that, but... Another thing right with now. an a- Avenger in it, right? <laughs> Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm checking right now to see when that one was. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that ahead of the show, too. That's like, I'm not even sure this is like a full-length, like, 10 to 15-hour game or anything. It says um, Camouflage. Developer Camouflage, uh, spelled C-A-M-O-U-F-L-A-J. Oh, they also, these are the guys that made uh, Republic, the, uh, the uh, like, spy game with the girl in the hood. Okay. It's like relatively well-known image, I guess. So it looks like, yeah, it's been delayed till May 15th. Yeah. So. So. I don't know. It is um, PS4 only. Yeah. Because it's a a PlayStation uh, Sony published thing. So, So. I I don't know. The way I always think uh, that I've been thinking about this game is like, if you want your walls decorated in puke. If you're into that color oh, and smell... Yeah, I can only imagine what this is going to be like to play. Uh, See, so yeah, I was originally going to be... Oh, I don't know what their original date was. Yeah, well, it's I, been I, pushed. It's been pushed to May 15th, so... Yeah. So this this does look very much on rails. Like, yeah. you are flying a specific way. I, I believe I saw that there was, like, a way that you could just, like, free fly. Um, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. Pray not. <laughs> if, if there is... Let's just throw up on everything. It's going to be rad. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the main ones. We have one more. This was the big hitter. Everyone's like, Ugh. This one stings. It does sting. Cyberpunk, I can't lie. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed uh, from April 16th to September 17th. Damn. Um, which That's is huge. five months, I believe. Now... What really sucks is that not only is that delay taking place, but they went ahead and said in a meeting, 
uh, yes, the employees will be crunching all five months. Yeah, that's rough. So it's not even like, oh, we pushed our time out to like help out and like reduce workload a little bit. No. I do wonder how much of that, like, I would like to see the internal, what would be really cool is if across the six months they did a small documentary. Oh, yeah. That'd be sick. That'd be yeah, super be sick. Um, just to show, like, hey, look, it. yes, this is what crunch is, but crunch isn't bad all the time. Crunch can be good if the if your boss isn't going, you have to stay here for 15 hours. Well, yeah, hours it's basically... If you crunch on your own, if it's right. your thing that you want to do, in fact, your manager should be telling you, hey, don't do this. Go like, obviously, you won't, you won't be punished for doing it, but like, okay, wrap up what you're doing and then go. And then go home. Yeah. Like, but I or, also... or of course, uh, you know, the same thing that's like, you know, so at, at my job, you know, I have to, we basically have a crunch period every two years, which is, you know, similar to, um, you know, game oh, schedules game. where... Yeah. During the outage, you know, we, we do uh, six 12-hour days a week because we have to be able to support and, like, get shit done as fast as possible because we're losing an insane amount of money during mm-hmm. the time that we're down. But it's like, you know, you get a lot of time off for that. You get a lot of extra pay for that. Yeah. These guys don't really get extra anything other than if the game comes out and it's really good and their publisher pays them a high score bonus, uh, right? Right. But I do want to point out how this is different than your standard job like looking at your job specifically Mm -hmm. working on this could you imagine working on this like yeah i can imagine filling out an excel spreadsheet (laughs) well no i mean working on the game specifically like doing like doing something you would enjoy to do well i mean the, the difference is that like when you talk about the reason that crunch gets implemented and shit it's a failing of production it's a failing of the team leads and the production managers and whatnot that they said this task will take a hundred hours, and in fact, it took a thousand hours. Right? Yeah, it took a little. Like, it took a bit more time. Uh, sometimes not even a bit. Right? Sometimes they were completely wrong, and they just put in a number. Oh, and they didn't ask yeah, anybody. yeah, yeah. I mean, that but, was something that I actually did. Uh, I was like the project manager for the team that I was on at Full Sail, and my whole job was scheduling arranging meetings, um, facilitating other people to actually do the work, right? Right. So, like, if you are... I I mean, the point at this... Like, the issue with Crunch is that it doesn't actually... I mean, obviously, this is... The point of Crunch is not to be more productive. It's to put more man hours down for your boss. Like, literally, we know scientifically that Crunch does not make you more productive, Right. Right. In fact, the fewer hours you work, the more productive you are because it's it's all a scale. Like when I'm at work for eight hours, I do six hours worth work worth of work, right? So I have right. two wasted hours. If they just have me go to work for six hours, I'll be busy a hundred percent of the time. You so my assume, production, yeah. it, you know what I mean. So like by putting more, by putting people through the crunch, it, what the actual point of crunching on a game is is to say to the higher-ups, look how hard I'm working on this. Sure. It's not actually to get more work done. I, because we, we know statistically that that does not happen. You don't get more work done in crunching. I do I, I do know on the flip side from like an art perspective or even a building perspective. Like mm-hmm. if there's still... By building, you mean like, uh, like development, like programming? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, building, like, if they are still running through, like, mm-hmm. running through code, that can be taxing. And that's, I would right. lump that over into what you're talking about. From But from an art perspective, a world-building perspective, like, animation, it lumps everything that is visual and mm. um, then mechanical would be a different side of that. Um, right. And there's definitely, like... Um, the, you know, the art side of it, you it's... It's a more of a project of passion rather than a project of I have to do this because my boss is telling me. Right. Yeah, that's definitely true for for a lot of stuff. And I know artists do a lot of self. Uh, I was going to say self sabotage, but that's not what I mean. And they no. do a lot of like self imposed crunch. Right. Like where it's at- like, you know, artists will work on one project all night. Yeah. Because they're in the zone. They're they're inspired. This they have the idea like fresh in their mind. So they'll sit and crunch it all out, and then they'll take the next day off. Yeah. So yeah, they'll they'll right. do like thirteen hours of work instead of two separate eight hours of work, right? What what I hate doing is sitting down and not finishing something. Exactly. I hate that more than anything. I can't like I I if I'm working on something and I know I can do this in one day. This isn't something I'm gonna have to. Um, you know, fully texture and rig. Like, I, I almost have checkpoints. If it's modeling something, mm-hmm. I have to sit down and model it all at once. Right. And sculpt, so I'm doing the high and the low res. All that has to be done in one setting. And then a different setting, I can come back and I can texture it. Or, you know, whatever I need to do. U- UV layouts, which is a pain in the dick. Right. Um, and, you know, that's... I can do that separate, but still getting through, getting that, let's say, a high-quality sculpt for a character artist. Mm-hmm. That's a big... wouldn't even have been able to do that in yeah. one sitting. So, right. I mean, th- they could have. You know, who knows? They could have sat there for 13 or 15 hours. I've seen people do it. Like, right. Um, right. one of my friends who works on Last of Us right now, why he has a job at Naughty Dog is because, when we were at Full Sail... The dude, when he got tired, he would ex- just work himself to exhaustion and then curl up in a chair and go to sleep at full sail. Oh, yeah. He would, like, pass out on his couch or in his, like, artist chair. <laughs> he didn't even have that. Like, he didn't... Like, the last six months that he went there, he didn't have an apartment. Oh, shit. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He crashed yeah. at full sail, and then he would hang out with, you know, like our friends eat quite often. You know, mm-hmm. sleep, shower at their place sometimes. But honestly... If you ever needed him, I think his forwarding mailing address was full sale. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it was wild. Um, so, and that's what it takes. And those are the type of people I'm talking about. Like, when it comes to crunch, maybe they're not all being told, hey, we have to do this. Some people are probably like, that's very important. We require you to do that. or Yeah, we, like, we, you know. So, we know that Rockstar does that. Will you like, or won't you? Yeah, Rockstar goes, you're doing this. Rockstar, Rockstar says, okay, we're on 12s now, and then later on they'll be like, okay, we're on 18s now. And you will work this. You're here. Like, if you don't show up, we're not putting you in the credits and you're getting fired. And on the other side of that is, like, South Park, where Trey and Matt would sleep under their fucking desk because they, they had want to, to get something out on, you know, they wanted to get it out on Tuesday and it's Wednesday morning. Right. So, yeah, actually, that's a good example. So they 100% self-imposed crunch because they're bad at project management, right? Like, (laughs) they're like, they were insanely bad at scheduling. And like, they would do occasionally, they would do things where they plan out three or four episodes. And you would notice that That those series of episodes would all come out perfectly on schedule. 
because they know what they're doing ahead of time. Yeah. Whereas but, a lot of times they will make all of the jokes and the whole episode like two days before it's supposed to air, which is like, that's the name of the episode. The, the show was two days to air, right? Six days. Six days to air. Yeah. Cause yeah. they, they literally are making it live, which yeah, is they like make it, they very unusual. They effectively make an, their entire shows that are, that are more random in mm-hmm. four days. Right. Because they're really bad at project management, so they only have four fucking days to work on it because they're making dick jokes and... And of course, uh, you know. that's also because they themselves, and this is something that can happen, where the, the people that are in charge of the project are the people that actually physically used to do the work and they're not like project managers. So there is something to say that like, you know, it's bad when an entire game project is run by a project manager because yeah. it's actually an artistic thing and you need passionate artists to be working on it but then it's also bad if everybody working on it is a passionate artist because then your actual work never gets done because everybody is like oh shit i could do this better oh i can make this character better oh i can make this look cooler yeah you're gonna constantly revise your. that's where like scope creep comes from right yeah you gotta be careful and it's it's like it, it is it does have something to do with the size of projects like it's simply not possible to create red dead 2 with like a hipster like indie team that's like super passionate. Yeah, with like Hello they, Games team. With, with Hello Games, the team that made um, No Man's No Man's Sky. Like it's just simply not possible. Like it's never going to happen. That, now, like, looking at No Man's Sky in general is amazing mm-hmm. that that game even came out with what it was. Oh yeah, that was yeah like, yeah yeah. Uh, that was like twenty five people, if that. It, yeah, original. The original team was three people. Yeah, it was uh, what, the leader, the artist, guys, and the programmer. One artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Designer artist program. It was the green day of game projects. Yeah. And the artist was fucking yeah. Trey cool. But it really is that type of thing where it's like, you know, when you're working on a project of this size that they've been doing some form of production on for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Uh-huh. Like it's really unacceptable to be like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't really think about this. And, uh, it turns out we needed, uh, an extra five months at, you know, 14 hours a day from every single one of our, you know, 200 employees. Yeah. Like, I'm interested uh, to know exactly what, what it's causing. And, and it's totally different. Again, it is totally different to, you know, if you on your own doing your own work, if you put in an extra, you know, if you, if you do one or two 12 hour days in a row. And then your boss says, okay, you know what? I saw that you did a couple 12 hour days. Um, you know, you hit your 40, go ahead and take Friday off or go ahead and take, you know, we're going to move this and we're just going to give you the entire month of May off or something yeah. like that is very different than again, the rockstar thing. So CD project red actually said, we have people from rockstar that are like, you guys aren't even crunching yet. Like we haven't even started a crunch. Yeah. Compared to what I used to have to do at Rockstar, right? Right, right. But then they have other new people that are like, I don't know if I have this in me. Right. And I mean, you know, the game industry in general, you know, it has really high burnout. It has a really high, um, um, I forget what the term is, but really high job cycling of people that are in a career turnover, really bad turnover. Because this type of work is just not sustainable. Like, the guy that makes Stardew Valley... Uh-huh. You'll notice that he didn't shit out 15 other games right afterwards. Like, that is what he's capable of for a fucking while, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's going to have a Stardew Valley, and then we'll see what else happens. But that that could be it in his whole career, you know? Yeah. And for a lot of people, they work on one game. They work on Red Dead 2. 
and they're like, wow, this is fucked up. I could get way more money programming for a bank. Yeah, I could get more and money. I would, and I would work 40 Mil- hours a week only. Yeah, yeah, military simp. Military contracting or whatever, yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's a practice that has to end, but the reason that it has to end is not because you can't let your employee work a 12-hour day, right? It's It's like you can't have crunch as your baseline that, oh, well, if we miss the scheduling milestone, we'll just make everybody in the company crunch. Mm. Like, that's unacceptable. But, you know, there is, like, if... I don't know. If they if they told me that it's delayed by a year, I'd be even more disappointed. You know what I mean? So it's right. that type of thing that's, like... there's a There is a big fight between, like... um, I, You know, that's that's the fight between management and employees right yeah like um do we push this game out and potentially lose like they're spending money on employees and they're not making money on this game right so it's like how long can we push this out until just nobody has a job at all you know so so i I don't know it's it's a tough balance i think yeah um you know there you can have a little bit companies can have a little bit of crunch as a treat right (laughs) i I, (laughs) well i i think it depends on how they're crunching. I, I don't know if they said, yeah. like, hey, people are going to have to be here 15 hours. Um, right. Where I work, people do 10-hour um, days. You know, they'll work... Um, they volunteer crunch. 9 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day. And then they'll yeah. take an extra day off during the week. Yeah. Like, they volunteer to do that. And, that, and that's fine. I get that. It's not my jam. I, like not being there that much you know i would rather be there i like having a lot of personal time right i I mean not having a lot of like they're still getting the same amount of personal time that i am but they're getting well i like a lot of personal time per day yeah i I like to decompress (laughs) i would like to do six hour days if at all possible right um let's just make it zero and be fair but like yeah I, i don't know if they're like okay cool we're gonna do we're gonna do 10 hour days and then we have enough employees that we can actually just rotate you guys. We just want you here a bit longer um, for the time that you're here mm. to hopefully get more done and keep your eyes on the project longer. So, you know, effectively, you can finish a goal. You can go yeah. from point A to point B rather than going from halfway to point A to getting close to point B. And then now, you know, you're going to have to come back and pick that up tomorrow and dread that. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it depends. Um, I, I We need more information. I don't want to... I'm definitely not going to demonize anyone. Or, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, that crunch is the worst thing ever. Um, because, you know, it, it, it sucks, but some of these people are just passionate and they love what they do. Well, yeah, you definitely don't want to say, like, hey, you as an employee, you are not allowed to structure your own time. Right. You know, but it is... It's definitely, like... From the perspective of management, they need to manage crunch, right? And crunch needs to not be the fallback option for every studio. It needs to be something that is implemented as only when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. And it needs to be something that's managed with the concern for your employees ahead of the concern for your product, you know? Because then you end up burning out your insanely talented programmers as we personally know of, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like people who are like, like fought over like there's like bidding wars to get these employees and then they're like you know they they go online and they're like 
uh, I never thought this would happen to me, but like I'm completely burned out and a month long vacation didn't help. Like, I don't think I can work in this industry anymore. Like that doesn't need to happen. Right. So, you know, there's like you're saying, there's, there's a middle ground somewhere that's like, like you said, like allowing people to alter their schedule to get an additional day off, but have longer days on or rotating people out, you know, okay, we're going to really work you this month, but then next month you're doing six hour days or something like that. Right. Like they need to balance that shit. And I do wonder if, and in that case specifically, um, you know, if those people were more of a, um, if they were less of a yes man, you mm. know what I mean? Like, I personally, I know I'm the kind of person that if I'm not wanting to do something or if it's an option and, you know, I'm not feeling it, I won't be, like, persuaded to say yes to do it. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, no, I I don't want to do that. Maybe someone I else straight up, Yeah, I straight up say that at work. Right. <laughs> when they're like, hey, can anybody do an extra shift? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't even I don't even comment on it. I'm like, eh. yeah, if, if I wanted to, I would let you know. Right. So oh, it's, yeah, it's it's very much like the retail thing of hey, do you want to pick up a shift? And I'm like, take me off your fucking call list. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know if I, I if I'm looking for an extra shift, I'll ask. I don't know any of you people when I clock. Yeah. Out, so I don't know who the fuck you are. But that's pretty much the big old fucking list yeah. here of things that we have delayed. So Iron Man VR delayed until May. Uh, Cyberpunk yep. 2077 until September, Avengers until September, Final Fantasy until April, and uh, Ubisoft until God knows when. Um, so yep. I think they said, uh, I think Ubisoft was saying early 2021 for some of these games. Um, I imagine that being, I can see some of them, I wonder if they're trying to just prepare for the new con- the new consoles and they're like, oh, we're going to release it on, like they did with, like, Assassin's Creed. What was it, 3? Uh, PS3 to PS4? It definitely wasn't 3. Black Flag. Um, That's one. It was, it was, it was Black well, Flag. Black Flag was the one that released with, oh, yeah, it was Black Flag, and then after that was Unity and Rogue, right? Because I know um, Rogue, I there was one where one released on new and one released on old, and there was one where one released on each. Uh, like, I know that I bought I the PS3 the copy of Battlefield... Four and Black Flag, and then they gave me the option to upgrade to the PS4 copy for like ten bucks. Okay, so yeah, it was the year after Black Flag that they had an exclusive for each, and then they just abandoned the older systems after that. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, I yeah, I think they are all getting ready. Even if they're not just going to put it on the new console on day of, they're they're building in systems that will allow it to be transitioned to the new systems. And I do want to put it out there. I fucking love that idea so much. If I buy yeah. something for PS4. Give you me that option to up. pay a little bit more to migrate over to the next. Hell yeah, one. I love that option. Yeah, I'm super and into that too. I like. I don't need to buy anything more. Like, I don't need to go buy a whole new game or anything. Or allow me to trade that game for the PS4 copy. That's fine too. I don't care how you know how that works. But um, <laughs> that's that's a good idea, and that's the kind of stuff that GameStop should be trying to figure out to try to get more people in their store. Mm-hmm. Because they're getting used product. They're getting rid of a new product that they've already purchased and they know they're going to have. And they're getting those people to buy that new product at their store and immediately trade other old product for it. That's a win-win. That's literally their whole fucking cycle. So, you know, heads up game stuff. So let's move on. Um, Big RIP. 
Yep. Uh, Sony automatically were like, hey, we're not participating in E3. Um, that's a smart Yet move. Yet again. Smart yeah. move. Um, they know that uh, Microsoft will have their Xbox show. They'll have their show before most of E3. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? A day and a half before or two days before last year? Uh, they yeah. had it at the Microsoft, and then that's when e, uh, E3 officially kicked off. Sony's just like, hey, we're not doing it again. Um, I think that's going to give uh, Microsoft, they're going to be like, hey, here's... Um, they're going to have to talk about their system at that show. Yeah. That's, that is their house. That's like, Everybody has to, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess except for Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. I don't know if Sony even has to. I think they're going to wait a couple of days after E3, do their little PlayStation well, I mean, whatever. Yeah, their their PlayStation it. show has to address it. Yeah. Because yeah. you really don't want to give the field to your competitor, I guess. Because that's June, and the consoles are slated to come out that holiday. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty big. Um, that's a very smart move for Sony because now it puts them perfectly in that position unless Microsoft counters it by not talking about it and setting something else up to talk about it like hey we're going to do a show in California blah 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 at this time after E3 you know right before the holiday and we're going right. to hit you with some really big news so hang on to your ass um, you know it's it's just that I could see them doing that um, but as of right now Sony is like um, you know like hey, we're in this perfect position. They have to talk about their system here. Have to talk about what's in it. And this is, I think this is how Sony, the business side of Sony is seeing this. They have to talk about what's in it. They have to talk about the price point and when it's coming out. And then after they do that, we'll talk about what's in our system, which we already believe is better. Mm. We'll cut our price by this much, you know, just so we can be, you know, competitive or under. And then as well, we're coming out at this time. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just before. So interesting. Yeah. Um. We'll see where this goes. E three this year. E three every year when it comes to con- like new console generations is always interesting. Looking back yeah. at the uh, PS four and Xbox One, that was incredibly, incredibly like, and it was probably like a three hour experience. Mm-hmm. That we saw so many like pro chess moves that just oh, yeah. slid people into the right place at the right time. So yeah. good. Um, High level marketing people. I yeah, I can't wait to see that again. Yeah. So um, now this will probably be the generation with the least amount of noticeable change. Like again, last time it was hey, we can get a bunch of objects to load on screen at once. Yeah, I mean the majority of changes here are going to be. Hey, the lighting is a lot more realistic. We can get more, uh, you know, we can get more layers of textures onto things. We can get more polygons. We can get more objects on screen. We can make shit load load really fast. Right. So it's going to be like the least noticeable. So I'm really wondering how they're going to show off those differences. Mm -hmm. Because it really is like, I mean, that that demo with the Spider-Man where it was like, okay, here's the normal load time. And then here's the load time on the PS5. Like, that was amazing. That was very fast, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, they, I'm wondering to see more stuff like that that kind of shows the differences. Um, yeah. Because, it, like, like I said, it is going to be really hard to show off. Like, Sony showing off Knack with the PS4 
was really smart because Knack has like a bunch of bits and when you get hit your bits fall off and then there's a ton of shit laying around. Yeah. And they're like, hey, look at that. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> we're getting Knack 2, son. I'm telling you. Right. PS5, Knack 2. 2. We're doing it. Didn't Knack um, 2 already happen? Did it? Knack 3. So. Okay. We're getting Knack 4, guys. We're going to skip straight to Knack 5. Yeah. It's going to be a bundle of Knack 3 through 5. Damn, just like Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> just like... And that's how you Knack and Hellraiser, circle. same guy. Full circle, because we were talking yep. about Hellraiser. Knack the is the original version of Pinhead. Yep. But you're get not ready to fucking talk about that. You get Knack. Y'all aren't ready to talk about it. All right. So, uh, Jedi, <laughs> Fallen Order, their pre-order bonuses are now openly available. Yeah. Um, so, um, a lot of games do this where they just kind of wait a while. So, what was it? Six? Uh, not even six months. Couldn't have been. So, it was like three months later. They were yeah. like, all right, you can have all this shit or whatever. So, like, the pre-order bonuses for this one, of course, was uh, the orange lightsaber blade, which uh-huh. I like a lot. I like that a whole lot. Um, I used the, yellow for a long time, too. So Yeah. Um, so, they had the two full lightsaber builds. So, you know, you had the, what, the emitter, the hilt, and the frame or whatever. Um, the So, the two other ones were the Maigito and the Umbaran. So, the Umbaran's kind of, like, dark and spooky. The Maigito, if I remember, is, like, kind of swampy looking. Okay. Um, cool. We also have the uh, an additional BD1 skin. I think it was like a gold-plated one. And then there's the Gold Squadron uh, Stinger Mantis skin. The Mantis is the plane. So, uh, again, it was something that put like a bunch of gold. So, right. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's just openly available for... Yeah, it's just patched in, I believe. Everybody. Yeah, it's just in or, the game now. Or, I guess, maybe it wasn't even a patch. Maybe, it, like, they were locked when you looked at them on your screen and it said, you know, this was a pre-order bonus. They're just I, unlocked now. No, so. they, yeah, they weren't in the game. Oh, they weren't even visible? Okay, no. so it is probably DLC. Yeah. This is just going to yeah, be I wasn't like sure how they a patch up. that's going to bring in. Yeah. Cool. I would have been bummed if, to sit there and look at the orange and just know that I wanted that the whole time, but I didn't pre-order it. See, that's why I would have put it in there. And then make them pay, like, a dollar to get the pre-order unlock or whatever. Right. All right. Oh, well. So I guess EA ain't ready for making money like that. So we got a little bit of cool info from uh, Super Smash. Uh, cool for yeah. us because we I think we find it more funny than anything. Oh, it's super um, funny to see the, like, discussion around it. So they are bringing a second fighter pass to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, it's going to include Challenger 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Nice. Um, so, some pretty big news there. Uh, they've also included, um, you know, some new... Uh, the Battle Pass Volume 2 also gets some cool, some, like, me stuff. Um, the Ancient Swordfighter yeah. costume. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some cool stuff there. They also announced um, a few other things that are coming to the game, me-wise. One of them was Cuphead. Um, that yeah. looked really cool. So Yeah, and it um, came with the audio track as well. Yeah, yeah. But all of that uh, came right after announcing the fifth combatant for the first fighter pack. Uh, and the fifth combatant is Blythe from uh, uh, Fire, Fire Emblem, Emblem Three Houses. Three houses. Now um, four houses. So, goddamn, here we are again. This is the eighth the fo- Fire Emblem character. And, like, the 900th sword fighter. Yeah. Everyone's just going, please stop giving us sword fighters. We want Now, to be fair, like... He'll have uh, some other, he'll, he or she will have some other moves. 
Well, not just that. Like, there's a bow and everything. But, sure. like, I mean, if you're looking at, like, video game fighting characters, you may notice that the majority of them have swords. <laughs> yeah. You, like, it's just a big video game thing. So, like, if you're choosing from iconic video games or whatever, a lot of them are going to have swords. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and people were really excited to hear, uh, people were expecting to see Dante from yeah. Devil May Cry. Because Devil May Cry is coming to the Switch. Mm-hmm. So, that's a sword fighter, my dude. Well, he's interesting. He's He's got different stuff guns. going on. He's, like, very air-focused. He's got sword and guns. Yeah. But this guy's got sword and bow. And whip and hammer and whatever. So, it's like, you know, Boomerang. it's... Um, I understand what people are complaining about in their right. But also, the thing you wanted also is a sword fighter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it's kind of not to say that everybody was expecting Dante, but you know, I'm still waiting for Waluigi out here. Right, and those are the kind of characters I think people want. The weird, funky shit. They want the I weird mean, ones. They want Banjo. The, the Mag- Banjo was awesome, right? Banjo was a great addition to the game. Um, the Piranha Plant was a really cool addition to the game because it's mm. different. But we're watching uh, Blythe out here, literally fighting only sword fighters. Yeah. It's wild to see, like, all of these fucking sword fighters. Like, it's it's fine. It's whatever. But yeah. they really paraded it around this time. This kind of was a pretty big middle finger mm-hmm. to the people who were complaining no more sword fighters. Yeah. He was like, look, I'm making a sword fighter. Sorry. No, no. I mean, even going through the trailer, like, at... Yeah. They show a bunch at, of... Like, the middle finger. Like, 151. They actually... He does flip off the camera. But it does show him beating up only sword fighters, and then it pans back, and he has, like, five sword fighters behind him. Yeah, he had Link. He had the dude from uh, Dragon Quest. He had Cloud. Um, he had, like, Roy. It, it Just so many sword fighters. And they put them all in there. Like, as, like... Mm-hmm. That had to have been a pretty big middle finger. Another yeah. cool one was Terry. Adding Terry from whatever that fucking game was that he was from. Being yeah. like a fist fighter, you have to get in there close. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. And not even like a boxer, right? Right. Because we like, do he, also have a boxing. That's like fist fighting, but with slightly more range, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he has so a yeah, few things that he does. That's cool. It's cool. And, they, I mean, they do have options. Like, look at the Pokemon trainer. Mm. That's pretty rad. Pretty um, rad. Yeah, I'd but, like to see more original, unique stuff, but at the same time, I'm not mad. It's like whenever what, they add something. Yeah, it's like what can you, like what can you do when ninety percent of the stuff that games that we play are adventure games with characters with swords. Right. So totally get it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. The, I mean, the game, the people who love this game, they're you know going to be. I feel like well, they're going to find a gripe either way. I mean, it's very similar to, like, Star Wars fans. Because <laughs> yeah. people that are really big into Smash Brothers are really big into Smash Brothers, right? Yeah. People that are really big into Star Wars have read, like, 786 comic book issues about, like, General Thrawn and shit. Like, there's really, like, you're not going to be winning in this fight. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's the type of thing that's like, okay, it's fine. Like, everybody's going to be mad about something. Uh, it's something that you say a lot that's like... People are going to find something to be mad about. It doesn't matter what the context is. So just do what you were going to do. And if I like it, that's good. If I don't, that's fine. And that's what I like about this. Because not only are they like, we're doing what we're going to do. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. 
But then they also hit him with the fucking heavy old middle finger. Literally hit them with the middle finger. He does quite literally flip off the camera. It's so fucking good that he flips off the camera. And then he's like, that thing that you guys didn't want. Well, here's all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. It just makes me so happy when you can do that. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so the last bit that we have for you today is uh, kind of a palate cleanser, something nice to end with, something that I know we're excited for from the very first trailer. Um, Right. Over on Twitter, uh, Larian Studios and Baldur's Gate had a quick little video um, kind of showing off some of the progression. Um, And it's, it's, it's... you know, just a bit that shows off some of the mocap, shows off some of the music behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, it shows a Larian logo. It says, something's brewing. It says 2-27-20. So February 27th, uh, we're going to go ahead and look forward to whatever it is that they have to say. Um, I, I know I'm sitting here, like, holding my breath, waiting for whatever they have to, have to tell us. Um mm-hmm. Do I think it's a release date? Probably not. But I do think it's going to be an extended trailer. Yeah. An official extended trailer? Because we got a teaser where he turned into a... What do they call those? Illifids? Illifids, yeah. Mind Flare. Yeah, Mind Flare. Um, So, that was a really cool trailer. It was pretty short. It wasn't insanely long. Um, So, I'm hoping for a good two or three minute trailer. Uh, you know, using that style. You, you know, these guys, it's crazy. We were talking about Larry and Studios, the guys who were working on this. And what guy was that? And he only had like how, like 7,000 followers or something. Oh, they're like lead. Uh, like designer? Or just, yeah. Um, or they're, they're lead like guy, like the guy that's the studio head. Right, um, right. I, I, Lar, I think it's Lar at Larian. Yeah, I mean, we just followed him, followed Baldur's Gate just a second ago. Um, But I think it's because maybe that Baldur's Gate... Yeah, it's only been around since May 2019. Uh, It's Baldur's Gate 3. It's now verified. It probably wasn't verified until, like, holiday. Mm. Like, this year or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, so that that account, um, the studio head is at LAR at... Uh, so at sign L A R A T L A R I A N. So Lar Atlarian, which is a uh, Sven Vinka, because he is Dutch, I believe. But he's an absolute lord, and he's only got seven thousand followers. <laughs> We've Sven... like tripled his uh, following. Yeah, we're doing it right now because I'm tagging that follow button right Legend. there. Knight on a crusade. That's a man in a full suit of armor. That's him. So. Did you imagine um, having to take a shit in that thing? Well, I imagine there's a like a, a pop thing at the back. You pop that, pop. So that it's got a shit hatch. Metal off. It's got a shit hatch. It's kind of like right. a, a onesie with a little button flap at the back. Mm-hmm. Might be the best invention ever fucking created. The only thing they I would do two buttons. Velcro. Yeah. Velcro that outside. Um, you know, I want the extra protection. Is what I'm saying. Hell yeah. But that is uh, all we have for you guys today. Uh, so sorry that it was all shit news. <laughs> I mean, Sony skipping yeah. all of this. Sometimes is it go like that, you know. You've already beat Jedi Fallen Order, but they've got new stuff, so don't go back and play it. 
Um, and here's a sword character for the thousandth time. Uh, but we did end with something nice. Baldur's Gate is, uh, I'm really excited for. And hopefully you guys are too. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the show, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, as always, you can head over to facebook.com backslash mammothgamesinc. Check out all the top news video game stuff there. Chat with us on the daily. We appreciate all those likes, comments, and shares. And over on Twitter at mammothgamesinc. So you know when we go live and do stuff just like this. Uh, but for Mammoth Games Inc., again, thank you guys for hanging out. I am Night Swarm. And I'm Filter Cord. Have a good one.